everybody. Good morning, America. Welcome to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. I'm Wyatt Wright, and this show is about your rights and the laws that govern us. Rights you've heard about and care about and would certainly miss if they were gone. I've spent half a lifetime watching government go from trying to do what's right and failing to trying to do what's wrong and succeeding. Every year, more and more of our personal rights are erased from the books while Americans stand idly by. Not because we don't care. Of course we care, but we're busy enough trying to raise our family, put our kids through school. While we're busying ourselves with life, the metaphorical water temperature is rising all around us, just like the frog that gets boiled without knowing it. On this show, we discuss legal issues that affect you and me, the people of Texas. We'll take a hard look at laws that affect your freedom, your ability to access the courts, your ability to vote, to speak freely, or in short, to live the American dream. Stick around. Today we'll be joined in the studio by San Antonio trial attorney Don Crook and hear his thoughts on how our new laws affect you. Listen, let's dive right in. We've got a lot to talk about. Now, listen, I went to the pharmacy the other day, and I I got some allergy medicine that my doctor prescribed to me. And the pharmacist asked me if I wanted name brand or generic. The name brand was $40, and the generic was $7. So I had a decision to make. It's an easy decision, isn't it? Save some money. After all, the chemical formulations are exactly the same in both drugs. So why would I care? Now, here's how generics work. Let's imagine that a big pharmaceutical company discovers a new formulation, and the drug is a big hit. In order to protect the company and all the research and development that went into it, we have patent laws that prevent other drug companies from swooping in, taking the formulation, and selling it on their own. That makes sense. This patent protection goes on for a period of years, after which it expires and other companies are free to copy it, sell it as a generic at a reduced cost. That's how it works. But here there's a catch, a catch you need to know about. Drug companies have historically been subject to regulation by the FDA and by the civil justice system. This is the same civil justice system that keeps Americans accountable for their actions things that you do. As an example, it's a civil justice system that keeps businesses honest under a threat of deceptive trade practice laws. It keeps drivers safe under the threat of civil liability. It keeps manufacturers focused on making safe products under threat of answering to a jury if they increase profits at the expense of safety. So it's tort laws in every state that allow injured people to take manufacturers to court if they knowingly design a product and sell it when it's not safe. In the case of drug companies, the FDA plays a role, too. They're important. They're responsible for taking a look at proposed drugs to see if there are any glaring safety issues, but the FDA isn't doing tests of its own. They're looking at the research and analysis as provided to them by the drug company. So the civil justice system plays an important role in regulating the actions of these drug companies. Now, until recently, here's how the system worked. Drug companies had a duty to make drugs safe and to disclose dangerous side effects to consumers. If they didn't, they could be brought to court for those failures. But in June of 2011, June of 2011, the U.S. Supreme Court held that, and get this, generic drug manufacturers could not be sued for selling a dangerous drug as long as they copied it from a name brand manufacturer. The court reasoned that All a generic manufacturer was doing was copying somebody else's dangerous drug. They didn't invent it themselves. But you can't haul the inventing company into court for a product that they didn't make and sell. 
So that leaves the consumer swinging in the wind. What do we do? How absurd is this? By this rationale, and think this through, ladies and gentlemen, by this rationale, I can go out and sell Agent Orange to school children and get off scot-free. Now, this case doesn't extend to that, but as an analogy, that's the way the rationale works. Because I didn't invent Agent Orange, and the court says that if the generic companies didn't invent the drug, then they can't be held accountable. So if a company knows that a drug is dangerous and markets it anyway, it seems to me that company ought to be held responsible without regard to whether or not they invented it. Should I be held accountable if I start drag racing at an intersection and kill a child? You bet I should. I didn't invent drag racing. The answer is obvious and it's absurd. But we don't know if a drug company is hiding facts when we buy the drugs. In fact, we know that to the contrary, they promote it as being safe, and that's why your doctor prescribes it to you. You only find out when somebody gets injured. Now, I can either pay ten times as much and get the name brand and hopefully preserve my rights to court if, it, if the case is, it, it warrants it, or I can buy the generic drug, save a wallet full of money, and roll the dice that somebody in my family is not going to get hurt. What a horrible decision to have to make in America. Horrible decision. Even more disturbing is that most consumers don't even know about this. They don't know about this law, and that's what we're talking about today. They don't know about the ruling, and they don't know what they're giving up. What happened to the days where manufacturers stood behind their products and gave a warranty that the product they sell performs as advertised and does so safely? That's the America that I remember, and you remember too. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. On this show, we talk about the ever-increasing disappearance of your American rights. The case that we're talking about today is Pleva versus Mensing. It was authored by Justice Clarence Thomas and has widespread implications. Its roots are in something known as federal law preemption. In essence, the Supremacy Clause of the U.S. Constitution requires that if a state law conflicts with the federal law, the state law has to fall. Okay. Now, the issue is raised because the FDA sets the standards to approve drugs. So they do that, they approve a drug, it gets on the marketplace, and those are the issues that were brought to the Supreme Court. Another problem is that it overlooks the benefit afforded by the passage of time. I mean, what if a drug was thought to be safe when it was initially approved and later found to be dangerous? You would expect the manufacturer to step up and do something about it. But under this ruling, generic manufacturers not only don't have to, they cannot do so. They have to provide the same warnings that the name brand drug did. So if a drug is approved in 1978, we find out in 1990 that it's dangerous, no changes can be made to it, and the generic drug manufacturer is insulated, even if they learn that there are many deaths a year from that drug. This is insane. It's insane. Under this preemption analysis, the drug manufacturer, the generic one that is, can argue that since the FDA approved the original drug, they're immune to any lawsuits. So can a company learn that its product is dangerous and then hide behind the fact that it was originally approved for sale? Yep. Pleva versus Mensing, United States Supreme Court, June 2011. Coming up, we're going to open the mailbag to see what you have to say to me, so stick around for that. Uh, but yet another problem with this analysis is that preemption diminishes any incentive for drug companies to monitor and continue to test the drugs that they sell. Now, in an older Supreme Court case, the Supreme Court actually said that the FDA, and listen to this, the FDA has limited resources to monitor the drugs on the market. And manufacturers have superior access to information about the drugs, 
especially as new risks emerge. It is state tort suits, says the Supreme Court, that uncover known drug hazards and provide incentives for drug manufacturers to disclose known safety risks promptly. Okay, so why then are Congress and our courts now allowing drug manufacturers to escape all liability for such injuries? That's the topic we're tackling today. Reminder, if you're just tuning in, this is the Justice for All Wyatt Wright Show. Here we discuss the ever-increasing disappearance of your American rights. Time to reach into the mailbag and see what people have to say to me. As always, if you have something to say, send it to me at speakup at wyattwrightshow.com. Speak up at wyattwrightshow.com. Today we've got an email from Carol in San Antonio. Carol writes, I'm worried about the new ruling that allows unlimited corporate campaign contribution funds. It seems like this will have a bad effect on upcoming elections. Why can't corporations play by the rules? All right, Carol, you're referring to the Supreme Court's holding in Citizens United versus FEC. I agree with you, and, and I believe this is going to cause many problems, problems that we haven't yet thought about. In fact, we covered this very topic on a previous show. Check out our archives at wyattwrightshow.com or go to democracyisforpeople.org. They've got some great information there on what we all can do to combat that ruling. All right. Well, I tell you what, today in the studio we have a guest. Uh, His name is Don Crook, Jr. He's a board-certified San Antonio attorney and the law offices of Wayne Wright, who regularly handles dangerous drug cases against pharmaceutical companies, including ones just like those in the Pleva versus Mensing case. Don, thanks for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Glad to be here. Yeah, you know, and I, I want to get into Ms. Mensing's case and the repercussions, but first, let me read you a statement from the American Association for Justice, which followed this ruling. Here's what they said. The decision in Pleva versus Mensing is a disastrous outcome for patient safety, giving generic drug companies legal immunity when they ignore harmful side effects of the drugs they manufacture and profit from. This decision eliminates any incentive for drug manufacturers to ensure that their drug is safe and adequately warn consumers about the drug's dangers. Now, is this, is this an overstatement or is this an accurate, uh, accurate statement? No, I would, uh, I would say that pretty much hits it right on the head. Um, this ruling allows the uh, drug manufacturers to accept money to make a profit but it eliminates any liability, and that's always a bad situation. Think about it with, uh, say, a classroom and you remove the teacher. The students aren't going to behave. Uh, on our streets, if you take away the police, uh, no one's going to obey, um, abide by the traffic rules anymore. And so I think that's really what we have. Uh, they have every incentive in the world now to make money with uh, no liability, and their only real recourse now is to simply stop making the drug, which, as we all know, no one's ever going to do. Yeah, I mean, that's just insane. That's a good analogy because what we're really talking about here is the, the inability to have recourse or accountability when you do something. Now, in this case, Ms. Mensing took the generic form of Reglan prescribed by her doctor to aid with acid reflux. Now, here she is. She's got acid reflux. It's a horrible thing, but it's not the end of the world. But wait a minute. She takes the drug. There's an alleged defect. She claimed that it contra- uh, caused her to contract tardive dyskinesia. What, what is that tardive dyskinesia? Uh, tardive dyskinesia is a, it's a syndrome. Uh, it attacks the central nervous system and causes a variety of uh, uncomfortable jerking and distortion of the facial muscles. 
It would almost look like someone had a twitch uh, in the mild cases, uh, all the way up to it looks like someone was having a uh, very severe seizure. Uh, what's really horrible about it is a lot of times the patients, uh, they don't even know they have these facial distortions. And someone has to tell them, uh, for example, they don't know that their tongue is hanging out the left side of their mouth. And the first time they're aware of it is they start, they start to develop sores on their tongue and their cheeks because they're biting and chewing on a tongue they don't even know is hanging out of their mouth. Good heavens. Well, I've read that 75% of all prescriptions filled are generic and that 79% of all brand-name drugs have a generic equivalent on the market. Um, so isn't this just a catastrophe waiting to happen for unsuspecting Americans? Yes, it really is because, uh, you know, as you said earlier, why wouldn't someone buy the cheaper generic? I mean, I think that's probably what 95% of America will do, and they have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, and the number of generics hitting the market is growing every year. Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, here are some popular drugs that you've heard of that are losing their patents soon, which means they're going to show up in generic. 2011, the drugs Actos, Effexor, Flomax, Imatrex, Levaquin, Lipitor, Lotrel, Plavix, Seroquel, Valtrex, Zyprexa. I mean, do these sound familiar? You see them on late-night TV. In 2012, Lexapro, Singulair, and Viagra are coming off patent. And in 2014, Celebrex, Cymbalta, Nexium, and Simbicort. Now, I, I'm reading that list because I had to write them down, but nine of the industry's ten biggest drugs are coming off patent in the next five years. Now, doesn't this just set the stage? We're, we're talking, if we think we've got a problem now, What's going to happen then? Are, are we not looking at millions and millions of Americans who all of a sudden have a problem and know where to go? Yes, we are. And the sad part is this has received no publicity at all. And so uh, these folks have no idea what's waiting for them with these generic drugs. No yeah. idea. Yeah, and that's the horrible thing. And we've got uh, another statistic here. Uh, over $2.6 billion, with a B, generic prescriptions are filled in the U.S. every year. And it grows every year at more than 8%. And this is just something that is, it can't get smaller. It's only going to get bigger. And their Seventh Amendment rights to go to court uh, are just being diminished. Reminder, you're listening to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. On this program, we point out and discuss the ever-increasing disappearance of our American rights. You know, this this course, uh, this this holding reaches further than just Ms. Mensing, and this is something I want to discuss. For instance, there's a, a lady uh, named Debbie Shork up in Indiana. She felt its effects personally. Now, this is just a June decision, remember, and we've got all these things happening since then. Ms. Shork went to the hospital uh, and was ordered an IV of Phenergan for nausea, for nausea. She lost part of her right arm. Took nausea medication, lost part of her right arm. She believed that the drug was defective, sued the company in December of 2009, and it was going through the court system until this ruling in Pleva versus Mensing, and it was discovered that it was, it was a generic drug, and so it was thrown out. Gone for good. Her rights forever gone. Now, she's missing part of her arm while that generic vinegar continues to be sold in that hospital, and patients don't even know anything about this. Do you think that this is commonplace? I do. I think it's uh, very, very typical. How many patients are really... Uh, monitoring these types of issues about their medications. These are legal issues, uh, and most folks don't have a personal attorney on staff. And uh, even the courts themselves, they have no uh, option here. They may not agree with the Supreme Court ruling, and they may feel badly about what they're going to have to do, 
But under this ruling, they have no choice but to throw these patients' claims out of the court system. Right. And and there may well be another such case and another and another all around the country without any recourse in the courts under this ruling, no matter how many arms get amputated. Um, now, there's, there, there are other cases like this. There's a, there's a case of uh, Carrie Scott out in Mobile, Alabama. She lost her left arm because of the same drug. She lost her case. It was dismissed because of Pleva versus Mincing. Now, these are designed to highlight the fact that this can happen to anybody at any time. But the cases go on. Charlie Henderson lives outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Some more research I did. He took generic Dilantin. So remember now, we're talking about any drug at all. He takes the generic Dilantin drugs prescribed by his doctor for the treatment of seizures. He ends up with a severe syndrome called Stevens-Johnson. Uh, it's an extremely painful condition with rash and blisters all over the top layer of your skin that, that peels off and dies. He sued. It was dismissed. You know, these are the things that we're talking about that are very important for all Americans to pay attention to because, as you stated, not everybody's an attorney. I mean, if you're listening today, these are things that you want to think about going forward because if you don't know what you're up against, what do you do as Americans? If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Justice for All, the White Right Show. We're talking about the disappearance of our American rights, and joining us in the studio today is San Antonio trial attorney Don Crook, Jr., who handles cases just like this on behalf of injured victims all the time. Uh, Don, you know, it seems like we can go on and talk about drug after drug after drug. Is this something that we're going to get past, or is this something now that the Supreme Court has ruled that is going to continue to be applied to all drugs? Well, I I think for the moment it's going to continue to be applied to all drugs. Uh, It's one of the reasons I wanted to come on this show, uh, because it's shows like this that help make a difference. Uh, Unless people start to do something, it's just going to be a one-by-one-by-one. No one realizes it's a problem until it happens to them. And that's just going to keep on happening until enough people speak up and get it changed. Well, what, do you have any cases that, that uh, maybe you've handled that are, are going to suffer the, ben- the, the detriment of this ruling? I do. I, uh, I handle a lot of uh, Reglan cases, and they haven't been dismissed yet, but they're right on the verge, and it's coming. And, uh, you know, as a lawyer, from a personal standpoint, it's, it's hard to put years of work and hundreds of thousands of dollars into helping these people. But what's really tragic is when I have to make the phone calls uh, and tell these folks that you don't have a case anymore. And they ask me why. And all I can tell them is, well, the court passed a law that says because it was a generic, you can no longer sue. And they, I mean, they just break down and they cry. It's tragic. And they, the tragic part is they just don't understand the why. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to them. Right. And, you know, especially if you're taking a drug for something that, and I hesitate to use the word minor, but certainly is less dangerous than the effects of if you took it. I'm thinking of a guy out in Louisiana. He takes a generic of Trexol for psoriasis that he has. And psoriasis is a horrible thing. Uh, people, I know people in my family who've had it. It's something that's not fun at all. Uh, but he takes the generic, and because of alleged defects, he now is unable to dress himself, was in a coma, uh, can't use the restroom and cannot speak. I, I can't believe that if this information, which was known by the drug companies, was given to this guy, that even as horrible as psoriasis is, that he would have said, you know what, that's not worth it to me. And now drug companies under this ruling can't even speak about that to patients. Oh, I agree. I, w- I think probably 75% or more of these conditions that patients are taking medicines for, if they knew the risks, they wouldn't risk it. Uh, obviously, there are some where you would take that risk, but most of them, psoriasis, 
Uh, I have uh, one Reglan case sticks out in my mind. It's just so tragic. Uh, a woman had an upset stomach, uh, acid reflux, and so she started taking this drug. And now every time I go to her house to talk to her, she looks at me, her tongue hangs out, her face rotates, her mouth moves up and down, uh, and she looks like she's having a permanent seizure 24 hours a day, uh, all because she had uh, acid reflux. And it's just uh, one of the most tragic things I've ever seen. And if, and if I could get these companies in front of a jury, yeah. I would win all day, right. every day. Right. But I can't even you get can't them. do it. So where corporations screw up, the public has to shoulder the burden. And not just the public, but the individuals who get hurt. That's not right. That's not the way our system's supposed to work. Ladies and gentlemen, this concept of federal preemption comes from a reading of laws that empowered the FDA to approve drugs in the first place. Now, let me point out to everybody, this was done in 1938. So we've got laws from 1938 that say the FDA has the right to approve drugs. You cannot tell me that what Congress had in mind back in the 30s was this result. So we've got 80-something years that go by of the laws being enforced and people being able to have uh, recourse in the courts, and now all of a sudden they can't have it. All of a sudden they can't have it. It doesn't sound right to me. Uh, you're listening to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. We're talking about uh, the ever-increasing disappearance of your American rights. And in this case, we're talking about Pleva versus Mensing case that prohibits or makes it now impossible for folks to sue generic drug manufacturers for failure to place certain warnings on their drug labels. All right. Now, at the uh, here's, here's something else that comes to mind, is that this, and I want to get your thoughts on this, Don. This adds another layer of protection to name brand pharmaceutical companies. And here's what I mean. If a big name pharmaceutical company wants to charge exorbitant prices for its name brand drug, which they already do, and make billions of dollars, which they already do, they can do that. Now, under this ruling, once the patent expires, they can start an offshoot company and make the generic drug, charge less for the generic, but all the money is pure profit because they'll be completely insulated, tell me if I'm wrong, from any defective product lawsuits under this holding. No, that's absolutely what will happen. Uh, and it's just going to go on and on. Uh, we've proven it time after time after time. A drug company will never voluntarily stop making a drug that harms the public, not if it makes them money. It's never happened, and it never will. Right. And I suppose that's the way that uh, the whole capitalist system in some ways is designed to work. Do the best that you can, maximize your profits. But what we've always had to counteract that was the civil justice system to step in and say, Wait a minute, that's a bridge too far. We've seen that in the Ford Pinto case. We've seen it in shoulder belts in cars. We've seen it in all these cases where public safety is made better every year because of the civil justice system, and that is something that appears to be disappearing. Now, uh, let me get your thoughts here. At the very end of its holding in this case, Supreme Court, Pleva versus Mensing, the Supreme Court said something that made it seem like they shouldn't be blamed for this ruling. They said, in essence, hey, this is our ruling, but look, Congress can change this if they want. Isn't this just a political game of pass the buck? It certainly is. It seems designed to almost, it's almost fraudulent. It lets the public, anybody who read that decision would think, well, something can be done about this. But anybody who follows this on a regular basis knows that Congress is not going to pass anything to overturn this decision unless there's just a tremendous outcry from the public. Yeah, and that's the thing that's so difficult to get nowadays, especially when you end up with things like these super majorities like we see in the Texas legislature, um, where the, the, the people who are, 
vested with making one decision or another are all aligned with one particular political party or the other. And that's something that no American ought to be real thrilled about. But the Supreme Court gets to make the final decision. And in Pleva versus Mensing, the vote was five to four, five to four. So this is a very narrow majority, and yet it's the law of the land. I'd like to think that decisions of this magnitude are not done for political reasons, but, ladies and gentlemen, the breakdown in this case of the 5-4 to four vote was exactly along the lines of the political party that appointed that justice. So you've got for the decision were Thomas Roberts, Scalia, Alito, and Kennedy. Those are George Bush and Reagan appointees. And for the decision were, I'm sorry, against the decision were Sotomayor, Ginsburg, Breyer, and Kagan, which are Clinton or Obama appointees. Uh, and so you've got, in this case, the Republican-appointed justices favoring the corporations and the democratically appointed justices favoring average Americans. And Justice Sotomayor claims that this majority's opinion, quote, makes little sense. What do you think about that? Well, I would certainly agree. I mean, the, our country is based upon the concept of and justice for all, which obviously means everyone. And this decision gives justice to someone who took a name brand drug and no justice to someone who took the generic of that drug. That makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. And so what you end up with are these decisions that, and this is something else that just, it, it makes me wonder. This is not like a new law that had to be interpreted. These are 1930s laws that now with the change in the makeup of the Supreme Court, all of a sudden we're seeing these rulings. We've seen it in Citizens United. We've seen it here. You know, as a previous case we discussed on this, on this uh, show. And so I can't help but worry that there's more to come along the same vein. And if we don't have the people who call their U.S. representative, who call their congressman, who speak up that we're going to face more of this, um, I think you said it right. It's justice for all. What do we do to get people motivated or excited about this type of stuff? Well, we definitely need all your callers to write their uh, U.S. representatives and senators in a, in a call for action because – these medicines are affecting people one at a time. Nobody cares about one person hurt and then another person. There has to be groups of people coming together to get something done. And so we need letters and phone calls. It's going to take group action to get something done. Great. I know, and, and that's something I hope everybody does. We're going to have to wrap this show up. But as you go through your week, remember that it was Justice Learned Hand who so famously said, if we are to keep our democracy, there must be one commandment, thou shalt not ration justice. Have a great day, everybody. We're going to talk again next week right here on Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. Fight!